Hello, I'm your host Gillian Semler. You're listening to Let's Talk, brought to you by CityLets. Let's Talk is a dedicated property show for the world of property letting, investment, legislation, personal stories and much more. If you want to get in touch direct, just reach out. Let's talk at citylets.co.uk. Joining me today is Richard Burgoyne, Director of Cornerstone Letting, who are based in Edinburgh's West End. Morning, Richard. Good morning, Gillian. Thanks for taking the time to um, come the huge distance to um, our offices. <laughs> no, thanks for having us. Richard, in recent years, we've seen significant changes that you're well aware of to legislation, which have had a large impact on letting agents in Scotland, mainly the introduction of the new Private Residential Tenancy, the PRT, in December 2017, and also letting agent registration, which commenced in January 2018, along with the Code of Practice. But let's concentrate initially on letting agent registration. So can you explain just in more detail what was all involved before the final deadline date in October? Yes. Um, before the final deadline date in October, um, anyone who is operating as a letting agent, be it for one property or for, for several hundred, uh, had to apply to be a member of the register. Um, to qualify the register, everyone had to meet a certain set of criteria, which were set out by the Scottish Government, and they were, uh, namely, to hold the relevant qualification in the industry, uh, to follow the letting agent code of practice, uh, to have a dedicated client account, which is ring-fenced from other business activity, uh, to hold client money protection insurance, uh, professional indemnity insurance, and to pass a fit and proper person test. Okay, so did this, I mean obviously this is a considerable amount, did this impact on letting agents day-to-day -day business? Well, I can't answer for all letting agents, but yeah. uh, certainly for ourselves, uh, we were members of ARLA, the Association of Residential mm -hmm. Letting Agents, before that, and a lot of these things um, were already uh, mandatory requirements for them to be a right. member of that. Um, I would think that for some agents who, who weren't members of ARLA or uh, didn't have these things in place, there would have been quite a lot of work to get that there um, to, to qualify for this. But um, it's not to say that they were necessarily doing things wrongly. Um, it's just to say that uh, maybe they had to had things not in line with how the government wanted them. Um, so there might have been a bit of a process in, in getting that set up. Right. Because I understand that there was um, a high demand for the courses, so not everyone had everything completed on time. So what happened to those that didn't make the deadline? Were they still able to operate legally in Scotland afterwards? Well, again, I mean, thankfully, we were um, already qualified, so it's not something I, I paid a, a great deal of attention to. Um, from my understanding, any agent who, who wasn't, who hadn't applied to the register, um, there could be put in jail for six months and fine £50,000. So I'd imagine that's what's happened to them. Um, <laughs> so they weren't given a, a certain amount of time afterwards, the kind of um, leniency well, uh, period. Uh, as I say, I, d I don't know. I did call up... Um, I did call up Sal and ask them that question. Mm -hmm. um, they weren't too sure on, on the specifics of it, but um, yeah, I'm not too sure. It wasn't, as I say, it wasn't something I paid a great deal of attention to because we already were doing yeah. things um, as we had to be doing. Okay. Well, just moving on to the code of practice, do you think a, a kind of general code like this across the board is enough to chase out rogue agents? Um, well, I think it certainly sets a standard as, uh, in, in terms of what people should be doing in, in the right practice. Um, in terms of ch chasing out rogue agents, uh, it's hard to say. Um, I mean, certainly there is other things that have come in. Uh, there's been a lot of changes in lettings over the last years and, uh, and a lot of landlords and agents uh, perhaps haven't been following them and not realising they're not following them. 
Um, it sets out a standard where people can hold them accountable to, um, and, and over time it should sort of flush people out to who 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 don't know these things mm -hmm. by by actions getting raised. But um, from its implementation date, I don't think it's going to have a a drastic uh, landslide change. Yes. It'll probably be more of a gradual change as as, as things get realised. So, what actions then can a landlord and, and tenants take if they believe an agent is in breach of the code of practice? Yeah, well, my understanding of it is that uh, all agencies should have a, a complaints, an official complaints mm -hmm. procedure, and that should be the first port of call for any any grievance that a, a tenant or landlord has. Um, they, they they have to follow that procedure through. Um, the agency should set that out, and there's there's various timescales for them to to respond and things mm -hmm. things like that to do that. Um, if they if they don't comply, if they don't uh, resolve the complaint, then um, you know there is the option to to take that to the first tier tribunal. So um, a second, uh, you know, the, the body can step in and, and have mm -hmm. a hearing, and um, each 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 party can present their case um, to it, but. Uh, Right, yeah. okay. Overall, do you think letting agent registration and the code of practice will significantly improve standards in the Scottish private rental sector and in, you know, in what ways primarily? Yeah, I think if some of the landlords and agents who don't want to follow the rules are taking that equation, that can only be a good thing for the industry overall. Perhaps the reality is people won't read all the rules, however, and know where breaches are taking place. Uh, we quite often have tenants who, who sign up to leases and, and haven't fully read the lease terms, despite, mm. despite us asking them to do it, they don't really know what they're getting into. Yeah. Um, so whether they're going to go through the, the code of practice, which is a, a large document, and, uh, and realise if, 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 if an agent's in breach of that uh, and, and call them on that, mm -hmm. uh, it's hard to say. Um, have you heard of many cases actually just speaking to other agents? Uh, I've not heard of too many cases. Um, sometimes when we go to, to the conferences and things, we, we hear about the cases more yeah. often. Um, there's been uh, it was a, a day that was a, a conference day and there was a few that were read out and um, agents and, and, and the fines that have, have resulted, but uh, mm -hmm. thankfully not with anyone that I've had any dealings with. Yeah, um, that's good. With it. But some, I mean, a lot of the cases that have, sometimes they, you know, they're awarded much in the, in the agent's favour and right. uh, some of the, from, from what I've, I've mm -hmm. heard, they, they don't seem to um, be always legitimate grievances people have. People yeah. maybe perceive things differently from how Absolutely. the tribunal would come down about it. And have there been quite lengthy procedures for the agent? Um, as I say, I've not been through the process. I, I, I do think that um, from what I've heard, the tribunal can take a long time to get a hearing mm -hmm. date, but um, uh, the actual time scales for, for it all happening yeah. is thankfully something... Yeah, you've not had experience. <laughs> not had experience good. With. Well, moving on to the PRT, you know, the private residential tenancy, which replaced short sure tenancies. What are the main effects since this was introduced? Have you noticed as a letting agent? Um, well, we've probably not seen the, the major effects yet. I mean, we are a little bit down down the road for it, but um, certainly it's uh, it's got its problems um, in that we haven't to explain to tenants quite often why there's not an end date yeah. in a lease. Landlords are often um, quite confused by that as well. Um, I think a lot of tenants they don't like the security of the insecurity perhaps of, of, of not knowing a fixed date in the future. Um, you know, there's not often the more because you know it's not often the more security as in there's not the threat of at the end of six months that the landlord can say right that's the end of the tenancy. It, they're not feeling more secure by this the fact that you know they can stay indefinitely. It's, it's harder. 
for the landlord possibly to... Well, I think it's, it has to be careful with the word indefinite there yes. because um, there is, you know, 18 different reasons, um, yeah. notices to leave reasons that, that, that landlords can, can give to a tenant and um, it's quite often coined the phrase the, the no-fault eviction but um, landlords, uh, under the new terms, mm -hmm. the 18 grounds, there certainly is... Um, things in there that are of no fault of the tenant and some of them can be initiated mm -hmm. quicker than what was a, a, yes. a six month fixed period before for, um, for example if the, if the landlord chooses to sell um, they, can, they can initiate that process quite quickly on to, to ask the tenant to leave and yeah. I mean it could drag on for a period if the tenant dug their heels in but uh, in our experience tenants you know once they get the notice to leave or, or what was previously mm -hmm. notice to quit tend to um, tend to look to vacate quite shortly afterwards so um, the fact that the landlords could very well turn around straight after they move in and, and serve a, a 28 days notice to leave um, probably opens up a bit more insecurity for the tenants and security. Yeah, because I was wondering, that's interesting you say that, something I was going to touch on later, but um, I again was, was assuming myself that it would increase the security because I thought given that, you know, where the, how many landlords possibly in the past use some of these grounds as an excuse, you know, if they, if they were unhappy with the tenant for any certain type of reason, they could then say, you know, I'm choosing to sell and this is the end of the lease and they're not actually selling. Mm. Whereas now they do have to prove it or they could say, um, you know, they were going to refurbish it. I mean, obviously it has to be to an, an inhabitable yeah. standard, but again, they have to prove it. So a landlord just can't, easily decide, you know, I don't really want you as my tenant anymore. They have to prove it under these 18 grounds. So you don't feel that, in a sense, will offer them more security? Okay, so that was a long question. Um, <laughs> I would say under the old system, which seemed to be going back to the start there, um, the landlords didn't have to give a reason at all. They, mm -hmm. they were saying that it was coming to an end at the end of the fixed term. So mm -hmm. um, there was not a... Um, so it wasn't so much the landlords could get called out that they weren't going ahead with the action of of what they said that the notice was giving yeah. for. It was more um, that there wasn't there wasn't a, a reason given to the tenant. It was just that the, the lease had come to an right. end. So there is these grounds now, like the landlord's going to sell and, and or going to move in themselves and things like that. So um, if it was just a landlord who was looking to to kick out a tenant, um, just for a small grievance that they had, mm -hmm. then uh, certainly the tenant would have a bit more um, of an ability to, to hold on and, and have their case heard on that. Yes. Uh, if it was the landlord was going to be selling or something like that, um, then, uh, you know, the, 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 the notice would mm -hmm. kick in the same. Now, if that was proved not to be true afterwards, yeah. uh, the, the tenant can then hold them to account uh -huh. and take them back to the tribunal for a, you know, a, a false eviction yeah. um, on that but uh, so in that sense I was thinking with the old with the short term lease and then that went on to the the rolling lease after the initial six months I, I do know of landlords who have used these reasons as an excuse but that ultimately has taken away any of that side yeah well I mean as I said before on, on the sort of rolling six months yes. short show tenancies they mm -hmm. wouldn't have to give a reason for it so just, that could have been the reason for it but they wouldn't have presented yeah. that um, now they would have to give a notice to, to leave with a reason on it so yes. um, the tenant gets that piece they understand why they're being mm -hmm. asked to leave at least or, or the reason the landlord's presenting for that um, 
So, but in my experience, it's not often a landlord would, uh, you know, ask for a, a property to be to be vacated for um, anything other than sort of genuine circumstances, yes. which are, are mostly covered by the the notices right. to leave. So either uh, rent arrears of one month or more yes. for, for for three consecutive months. Um, uh, you know, they're going to be moving back into the property, or a family member is, or, or they're going to be selling the place, things like that. Uh, they're all sort of genuine genuine reasons. We've been aware of um, stories where I guess landlords have found it easier to end the tenancy previously with the short assured. So given what you said, it sounds like it hasn't been as many as, as we might have, have thought. But do you think in this sense, landlords may feel, well, if there was a problem arising now that there is um, no fixed term lease, and they do have to adhere to the 18 grounds, do you feel this will make them more selective in choosing what they classify as the right tenant? Would this start um, maybe having a negative effect on certain groups of people that um, are finding it harder to secure a tenancy? Um, I mean, I think we've always been quite selective over the, the tenants that, that we put in anyway. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, the properties that we look after are often people's um, their life savings that they've put into yeah. a property there. So it's always been very important to make sure that you get the, the right person in there um, as many times as you can. I mean, obviously there's there's cases where things can slip through, but um, yeah, whether this tightens that, that they, they're not going to have the grounds to to um, ask them to just to terminate the tenancy at the end of a fixed term, um, I'm not I'm not entirely sure. I mean, there is still means to to recover a property. It's mm -hmm. not it's not like it's um, they're not there anymore. Um, it just you have to to give a reason for it. So uh, the thought that landlords are of a of a view where they're just going to give a, a tenant who's complying with the tenancy agreement, paying yeah. the rent, uh, you know, and everything's going well, notice. It's oh, not no, I mean, maybe ones that they're maybe experiencing a bit of problems with, um, whereas now it wouldn't fall into any particular ground, whether they maybe have missed rent, you know, every so often, but not, you know, a certain amount over three consecutive months, or um, they've not been very accommodating or there's a bit of a relationship breakdown with the landlord and the landlord's thinking, you know, I would actually prefer another tenant in my property. Um, they're unable to, you know, or whether there's noise levels for neighbours and it's not, you know, just a lot of other factors that could come into it where they can't just easily think, you know, mm. I might just um, see if I can put it back on the... On the market for yeah. It, yeah, and 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 find another tenant. Yeah, well, I mean, it may encourage landlords to have a have a bit of reflection on on, on their own properties because yeah. if it's something that the tenants, you know, reacting to something uh -huh. uh, that's that's with the property. If it, if it's unruly tenants, I mean, there's there's clauses in the lease for antisocial behaviour. Mm -hmm. uh, these sort of things could be highlighted. I mean. Um, I've not got the grounds in front of me, yes. but uh, you know, I mean, I'm sure there's there's different. Uh, uh, ones in there that would, would cover that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, you can certainly highlight that to a tenant. Uh, it'd probably be, uh, you know, landlords maybe have been a bit um, quick in their decisions on these things. It maybe encourages mm -hmm. landlords to, to be a bit more tolerant in the first yes. instance. Um, so again, giving tenants a bit more security there then. Yeah, well, there is, yeah, there is in, in that regard, I suppose. But, I mean, 
tenants should be respecting their neighbours. They should be yes. doing all these things. Mm-hmm. As letting agents, we you know we try to guide them as much as possible with these things mm-hmm. and make and asking them to to tidy things up and whatnot. Whether the tribunal would um, you know consider that enough of a breach of a lease to to terminate a tenancy quickly, uh, I'm not I'm not entirely sure. So yeah, I mean. Uh, I don't know if that, yeah, security for for unruly tenants is is is, yeah. is not really something we would would hope to see coming yes. as a cause of it. But I guess uh, it could take longer to get rid of them. Well, on another side of things, another angle, have you experienced landlords or tenants abusing um, things now that's an open ended lease, as in tenants giving notice just after moving in, or landlords renting for a month or two, knowing they're actually about to sell? Um, Recently we have, yeah. Um, normally from the tenant side of things, we've seen um, tenants move in and, uh, on a Friday and then on the Monday tell us they're going to be leaving. Um, so it, it, it has been a problem for us in, in mm-hmm. that we're, we're seeing a, an upturn in the amount of times we have to do viewings, the amount of referencing checks we have to do. Um, I know initially it was a concern for landlords when they heard that you know, tenants could just give the notice immediately after moving in. And then I think a lot of ta- landlords were reassured that realistically, would tenants actually want the upheaval of moving in to then just be moving back out? But that's interesting that you've actually yourself already experienced that. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's various reasons people could want to leave a property and, you know, maybe they maybe they just decided it's not for them shortly after going in, changing their circumstances, another property comes up. So there's definitely um, reasons why, why tenants um, could want to leave quite shortly after moving in. Yes. Um, certainly, I know a lot of uh, the work that we do uh, is in uh, finding the tenants, setting up the leases, doing the inventories and whatnot, which is, uh, you know, a large majority of our work. And if, we can start to see a, a higher turnover of tenancies, then it really increases the amount of work yes. um, that for for the agents to do. Uh, a lot of agents charge these things out separately as well, so mm-hmm. um, the costs involved for landlords can become quite high. Yes. Uh, thankfully, we don't actually. Mm-hmm. Are we are we plug for ourselves. We don't uh, we don't have these these turnover fees. So that's um, good. Yeah, mm-hmm. our landlords can. Um, be reassured that uh, if the tenancy does turn over that we absorb that cost. So Good. So with leases being open-ended, what um, repercussions do you foresee for the student and festival markets? Um, well, I mean, there's been a big change in that uh, we used to, as you say, um, have a sort of fixed date in the future whereby uh, a landlord could give uh, a notice to end the, the contract then. Um, and, and be fairly confident they're going to get their property back for the summer if they wanted to use it for the the festival, or, or um, also, you know, if they wanted to to tie a tenant like a student down to a twelve month contract, uh, whereby a student might actually have a preference to leave in in sort of May or June time, yes. um, and the market doesn't pick up till September. So. Um, the impact that's going to have on on the festival market, well, um, normally at this time of year, I think uh, a lot of the festival booking agents would would know what they're going to get. They're going to know the stock, and they would start taking bookings. Um, now, uh, I guess a lot of the the uh, work that would have to be done would be to ask the tenants when they are actually going to be leaving, if they're going to be providing a notice to leave, mm-hmm. to find out if that is um, you know if it's likely that the property is going to come back, because simply ending the tenancy. Um, just because you want to use it for the festival, it wouldn't be a ground for for, no. for terminating. So, um, 
other impacts, I mean some of the lesser property, less desirable properties that get taken uh, later um, might sit empty perhaps if, if, you know, if tenants leave uh, at the end of the term time when there's um, uh, going to be little demand mm -hmm. for that sort of property uh, and then they're not going to come back till September. So what impact there could be that landlords improve these properties, mm -hmm. try to make them more desirable, um, try to make them properties that, that tenants are willing to um, or students are willing to take at the the start of the summer and, and half for the summer months um, so they've got somewhere guaranteed for the for, yes. for the coming year because um, by the time September and October comes around uh, the, you know everything everything gets taken then so mm -hmm. um, so do you think if students were to take it for the full year just to not risk you know, losing their property or, you know, finding, say, losing a property once they have it, you know, for the following year. Do you think there's a danger that um, many tenants might just take the risk of breaching their contract and sublet during the summer months? Is that um, something that you've... Well, I would, I would hope not. I mean, uh, they tend to be away for the summer months as well, so actually managing that operation would be a difficult thing mm -hmm. for them to do, to sublet it. Um, anyone... Any, I don't have many dealings with the short-letting agents, but I, yes. I would hope that they would be doing their background mm -hmm. checks to make sure whoever, um, you know, whoever was, was letting the property whoever was giving the property to them to manage would have permission to do so yes. or, uh, or was the owner of the property um, they'd be in breach of other things like insurance uh, you know so uh, mm -hmm. they would be I don't think it'd be a very wise move for them. No, no. Uh, whether they would do it or not, I mean, I'm sure there will be ones out there. Mm -hmm. um, at Cornerstone, we do a, a six-week inspection, which we let the tenants know about mm -hmm. after taking it. So, um, you know, they would know that we were coming around shortly afterwards. And if there was anything that we yes. were concerned about, you know, rolled up towels on the beds and, and things like that, we yes, would certainly... <laughs> luxury products in the bathroom. And <laughs> We'd be certainly taking action on them yeah. quite quickly to get that resolved because yes. that's not... Um, not what, what the agreement was yeah. all about, you know, so there'd be a, that'd be a major breach of the lease. Absolutely, so it would be. be. Any. Yeah. Okay, so moving away, so thank you for your insight into the recent changes. Now, you set up Cornerstone in 2012, which has become one of Edinburgh's leading letting agents. Tell us about your journey. Well, thanks for describing us as one of the leading letting agents in Edinburgh. I appreciate that. Um, Not at all. In 2012, uh, I started the, the business up um, by working three jobs at the time, uh, different in, in different industries, um, trying to, to to build the company, we did it one at a time. Um, we've we've grown over that time, both in the number of properties we look after and, and the size of our team, which has been growing year on year. We've based the company around uh, customer service and value for our clients. Uh, we try to put our clients uh, first and act in their best interests, even if it doesn't have the biggest payoff for ourselves. Uh, I think that's helped us to grow as people realise this and uh, they feel comfortable recommending us to their friends and family. So Yeah, well, I did. I noticed that with them testimonials on your webpage. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, a surprising number of our clients have, have come from uh, our clients, you know, just passing on their details. And uh, quite often people aren't slow to have uh, to, to air their grievances if yes. they're having problems. So it always gives our clients a, a chance to, to, to pop in and, and mention our names. And uh, we don't always. We're not always able to to, to come in and, and and help other clients. They can be tied into other contracts and whatnot. Yeah. But we're always happy to have that conversation and to see what we can do for them. Great. Well, ending on a light note, I like to find out from guests if they have any amusing stories or standout memories in letting to tell. Anything just popping you on the spot here. 
Okay, so f- a funny story that, that's mm-hmm. happened. Well, uh, when he asked me that, I tried to think of something for myself that was being funny, but unfortunately, I'm going to have to land somebody else in it in the <laughs> office. Um, so one of my colleagues, who shall remain nameless, um, managed to carry out uh, a viewing for more than one person uh, at a property that we don't look after. Um, she had knocked. <laughs> so did they get in? <laughs> well, she had uh, mistaken the door number uh, for the one next door. Knocked on the door. Uh, the tenant uh, obligingly of that property <laughs> uh, opened the door. Uh, she explained who she was and what she was there for, and uh, and they proceeded to let her in. And they no. had, uh, <laughs> they all had a look around this apartment before they uh, they sort of twigged that it was it was not the the property <laughs> they were supposed to be in. So did the tenant um, not worry slightly that their property was now possibly up for rent again, and he was prospective tenant? I would have thought I would have thought so. Yeah, we probably worried them a little bit, but. Um, as it turned out, it all all went smoothly. It's very obliging tenants just come in. You know, I know. Around. I can't think that I would have been uh, been quite as obliging if somebody knocked on my door <laughs> to do a viewing. But uh, but there you have it. Oh, that's great. Well, listen. Thanks again for joining us today. It was great to catch up with you. Yes. Thanks for having me.